hand him to the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. And here we are in the spoiler room tonight, talking about some of our special abilities as we kick off our super month here, where we're going to be discussing superhero films, both popular and ones you may not have heard of or those of a different color. And tonight I've got a great spoiler room crew with me to discuss our first film which is appropriate for super month it's called super and in the room tonight first off is the bfd himself mr glenn bittner's here hello glenn how super are you today shut up crime (laughs) (laughs) and next to glenn back in the spoiler room is the man david hello david how are you i'm doing okay yourself doing well glad you could join us for this and next to him the bowtie man himself recovering after his uh new horror film festival it is mr paul salzer hello paul hey how are you guys glad to have you here do you got your cape on and nothing else cape and bowtie man oh my oh my lord i I don't know why i even asked i don't even know why i asked these questions it's the naked justice oh lord (laughs) You just show up and people go screaming into their jail cells. That's what happens. That's what happens to me every time I show up naked. Anyway, <laughs> today we're going to talk about Mr. James Gunn's feature superhero film called Super. I knew I was losing her. Excuse me. Have you seen my wife? I don't think she wants to see you anymore. Sarah! Don't touch my car again. I'm going. That's not the kind of touching I meant. Jock, he stole my wife. Can you arrest him? Sometimes it's better just to accept these things. (laughs) Batman. Battering, pipe bombs, utility belt. Utility uh, belt. Green arrow has a bow and arrow. Okay. Why do you need all those? I'm making up my own superhero. He needs a weapon. Cool. All it takes to be a superhero is the choice to fight evil. Shut up, crime. Don't steal. Don't deal drugs. Don't molest kids. Brutal assault by the Crimson Bolt continued last night. No. That's cool. I could be your kid's sidekick. How do I look? That's inappropriate. Frank is the only thing that will save me. We will take those suckers down. It's good. Let's do this. You just sit here and wait for crime to happen? That's right. <sighs> this is so boring. Yes, I can tell you now it's You're supposed to kill him! I'm just learning. You have to teach me these things. It's not about good and evil. This is about she love me more because I am interesting. Now, Super here uh, is was uh, James Gunn. I was looking at this. this is only his second like full length feature here, and uh, it's definitely an unusual superhero film. Uh, does anyone want to try to summarize this, Glenn? Oh yeah, go for um, it. So, regular run of the mill kind of not great, uh, as in like not cool guy. Um, his his life kind of sucks. His, I mean. To a degree. I mean, his wife is freaking Liv Tyler, 
Right. Um, but, you know, he's Rain Wilson uh, playing a typical Rain Wilson type character. So, of course, she falls for someone else, uh, a drug dealer played by um, the rather charismatic Kevin Bacon. <laughs> um, he kind of has a psychotic break and becomes this kind of vigilante called the Crimson Bolt. And he goes around and hits people with a pipe wrench. Uh, for like, not just like, not just like drug dealers. I mean, like, you know, dude skipped in line, hit him with a pipe wrench. Um, so he's not really a hero. He's just kind of a crazy guy with a wrench. And a um, suit. And a yeah. Suit. Well, he's got a suit, of course. And he gets a sidekick because every hero needs a sidekick played, uh, wonderfully by Liv, uh, sorry, uh, Ellen Page, the Tyler's the wife, Ellen Page plays Libby, his sidekick. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's, you know, wants to win back his wife and uh, defeat crime at the same time. Yes, he does. <laughs> now, this came out, I believe, in the same year as Kick-Ass. Um, and yeah, Glenn, what was your uh, feelings on Super when you uh, first saw this film? I loved it. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was actually really well done. It the thing is, you have so many superheroes in, in the genre who, because of something that happens, they kind of, a lot of them, they have their little, you know, mental breakdowns, and it's what drives them to become a superhero. You know, Batman does it. You have so many people that have something. It's usually a family member dying. This one, it's his wife leaving. But it's like they have these psychotic breaks, and they turn out just fine. You know, it's like, I have an emotional breakdown. I'll just learn martial arts and, you know, spend $88 billion on the cave, and I'm going to fight crime where this is a much more realistic, where the guy's like, I'm going to go fight crime because I'm kind of insane. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's someone who's obviously deluded and, and delusional um, in their abilities as well as kind of what's going on. Um, but it covers it really, really well. I mean, this is, uh, you know, uh, dark comedy. Yeah. Um, and it's fairly dark. I mean, it's not like, you know, the... Oh, we're gonna be a little serious here and there. I mean, this, you know, some some shit happens in this. Um, so, uh, I just, I actually loved it. I watched it. I, I had gotten it. Uh, I mean, I saw it in the theater, um, one of the art house cinemas uh, down here in Milwaukee. And then as soon as it came out on video, I I picked it up and I watched it again because I liked it so much. Awesome. Was that? Uh, did it play at the Oriental? It was either the Oriental or the Downer, one of the Downer two. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Oriental is great for catching those uh, indie art house uh, pictures. Yeah. Uh, and David, how about you when you first saw Super? This Sunday. That was the so, first time? It was the first time. Oh, and, and how did you, you think My collection it? since it came out, and uh, I think Kick-Ass definitely was the one that everyone wanted to see first. And, uh, and uh, as, as, as a sudden... You said, hey, we're doing a super episode. I was like, cool. I can finally watch it. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I remember seeing a few episodes of, what, what was it, The Office? Yeah. Uh, the main character was on, and uh, I remember how funny that he, he was then, and he kind of reminded me of his character then. But um, it was definitely, uh, I mean, it's not, a far cry from the idea that was um, in Hero at Large mm -hmm. from like uh, like the, the late eighties or right whatnot with um, Three's Company uh, guy because uh, he, he definitely wants to be a, super, a superhero. So, um, but he just ends up being like Glenn said, a crazy guy going around popping everyone with uh, everyone again with a wrench. You know? Yeah. Suddenly, it, suddenly he has a several things happen to, uh, to him, including his his, uh, his wife leaving. A, yeah. His wife leaving him, and his job kind uh, of sucks. Sidekick, his yeah. job kind of sucks. So it's just. So you enjoyed the film then? I enjoyed it, especially the second half. I mean, it was kind of a slow build-up, but I loved the play-by-play with him and the chick in the comic, the comic book store, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when they're going through the comics and they're trying to pick out, because he was looking for inspiration for him, uh, and they're trying to pick yes. out which superheroes to be inspired by. 
Oh yes, and definitely when she looks so young and he looks so old, you know. You, yeah, you kind of got that little creepy thing going on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just a little. Uh, Paul, how about you and Super the first time you saw it? Uh, the first time I saw it, I did. I remember not liking it very really? much. Yes, I admired the filmmaking and the technique, but I just didn't like the story. I didn't like the characters because at the time I really wanted something to be heroic. I wanted these characters to have the the comic book feel, you know, the larger than life superhero thing. And these guys were just this, you know, these guys are my neighbors, type of, <laughs> you know. And so I didn't like it the first time. However, watching it for the show uh, this week, I actually did pick out a lot more of the nuance. And I, I have to say I did enjoy it a lot more the second time through. Would you say partly you may have enjoyed it because after seeing the uh, two Guardians of the Galaxy films, you may have gotten a gist of James Gunn's sense of humor? Well, honestly, no. Uh, really? I, yeah, it wasn't because of the humor or, or anything like that. I think it was more of the fact that I found, uh, first time I was watching through it, I think I had this expectation of the traditional superhero type story. Sure. And because I didn't get that, instantly my mind shut down and I was looking for these little flaws and it was like, well, that's not heroic. Well, that's not heroic. That's definitely not heroic. And so the second time through, it was like, well, I didn't have to think about that. It was like looking for the, the traditional things that I find in stories, which is, uh, what is what, how does this apply to my life? And by doing that, I found, uh, I found little things that I actually did love about this film. Um, okay. I'll so. have to edit this part out later because if you start running around hitting people with a pipe wrench... Um, I don't want any idea of premeditation going on. Uh, just, okay. Just, just putting that out there, Paul. Uh, <laughs> I don't own any tools except for maybe a screwdriver. So oh, I've got a couple pipe wrenches. Okay. Well, it's only so, what, an hour and a half away. If you get inspired, just let me know. I got a couple of them. Right. Uh, a little tiny one too, so that you can hit mice with if you. Want. <laughs> uh, criminal mice, man. Criminal mice. Those evil criminal mice. I tell you, man, they're plotting something. Those three blind mice, they're always plotting. <laughs> yeah, they just they just don't know where they're going. Uh, <laughs> and this was the first time watch for me as well. Uh, I First time I watched it last night. I, I Again, it was one of those on my list. And one of those things where you flip through, you're like, yeah, you see it on Netflix. You're like, yeah, next time, next time. So <laughs> part of the reason uh, when I put this up for a vote, everybody voted for a uh, films they wanted to talk about and, and the most votes won. And I was glad this one won because uh, I've heard a lot of people reference it and talk about it. And, you know, I'm a big James Gunn guy because uh, he's, you know, even though he's directed a couple of very successful uh, Marvel universe films, uh, you know, he still hasn't, doesn't seem to have gotten too Hollywoodized yet. So I, I like his style. And so I was like, okay, now I'm, I finally got a reason to sit down and force myself to watch this sooner rather than later. And I dug it quite a bit. I really liked the dark angle uh, to it, the dark tone throughout. It stays consistent. What more importantly, though, I think that separates this, and I'm probably going to bring up this comparison a couple times tonight, uh, just because the two films are similar on the surface, but... I really, I actually enjoyed Super more than Kick-Ass, I will say. Uh, I don't, don't get me wrong, I love Kick-Ass, but I loved Super, but for a completely different reason than I loved Kick-Ass. Uh, and mainly it was because of Rain Wilson's character and just the, the crazy crap that happens in this film. Uh, when he gets inspired to, to do superhero things, he gets inspired by this cheesy, and I do mean cheesy, religious superhero show with, with, with the Holy Avenger played by the one and only Nathan Fillion. Oh, my Lord, Paul, 
the Holy Avenger and the religious angle that turned out to be kind of the motivation for the superhero. Uh, what'd you think of that? I enjoyed that character uh, mm-hmm. because again, that, that to me is the kind of the quintessential type of superhero. I, I do like the extremes. And I think when you get too real, it, it throws me out of my, my fantasy element. And so, yes, uh, Nathan Fillion was probably one of the highlights the first time I watched it. And the second time it was just like, yeah, I, I, I really dug the character. He was, he was the over the top superhero that I really wanted. I could watch an entire film with, with that, I think. <laughs> well, what'd you think though of the religious, uh, basically the religious motivation for our hero to become a superhero? Does that, sur- did that surprise you a bit? No, because it, to me, uh, the Frank, the Frank character Seems mm-hmm. like all he ever did was go throughout his kind of life through all these like different addictions and and things like that. So he, this became like uh, his wife was his addiction, and then then after his wife left him, so he had to find a new addiction, and that became the the religion, and then the religion then became superheroism, and it just to me it was just a logical progression of his character. <laughs> <laughs> the the Holy Avenger episodes were pretty funny. Uh, David, oh, yeah. what do you think about uh, the fact that uh, did that surprise you at all a little bit that there was this bit of a religious spin with his motivation to become a superhero? It did on on at first uh, because all of a sudden it just went into this whole like synopsis of like his his background. You know, all of a sudden he gets. Uh, his brain gets open. You see these Lovecraftian creatures or tentacles come towards his 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 head. It opens up his brain, and he gets touched by the finger of God. <laughs> it's a great sequence. I love the special effects there too. <laughs> it was just corny, but I, I, for some reason I loved that scene. But um. Uh, to me, the Holy Avenger kind of reminds me of Bible Man. Mm-hmm. I actually have that VHS. <laughs> I, have <a> v- <laughs> I do. I have it somewhere because I, buy it. I I believe that there were like tons of episodes of, the, uh, of those things. But, uh, but all of a sudden, I just kept, uh, every time the Holy Avenger came, it came on and it gave that it gave that pointer out uh, to uh, Frank as his uh, character progressed. I just kept uh, thinking it's Bible Man. (laughs) (laughs) With a pipe wrench. (laughs) Gwen, how about you with uh, the the religious spin and his motivation to become a uh, superhero? Surprising at all? Not really. Mm -hmm. Um, I think... uh, it's very easy to because it's you want answers and then I mean, a lot of people you know where do you find where do a lot of people find answers they find it in religion mm-hmm. so uh, having that aspect in there actually makes total sense yeah and it just it surprised me because of a film like this I didn't expect that element to be in here because let's face it you know films like this you don't quite usually get that angle or that perspective in there where you know the religious part of it um with it not being you know this god's not dead five you know (laughs) type of angle so i guess for me for a popular film like this to have that at its kind of its core for his motivation uh, just surprised me um and and you know it, it but in a good way I was surprised. And then there was the tentacle part, Glenn. What'd you, what'd you think about the whole tentacle part? <laughs> How'd you yeah, think for a film, was... film of this? I mean, it's made on a limited budget. So what, what'd you think those the special effects there? Uh, effects are fine mm-hmm. for, 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 for the type of movie it is. So um, it didn't bother me at all. I thought it was fine. <laughs> well, it kind of made sense so that it was tentacles because he had turned on TV and immediately the first show he hits is tentacle porn. So, yeah, which, which again, surprised me like, oh, okay, <laughs> here's kind of that freedom of being a, still kind of indie filmmaker at this point. He just, 
but that also yeah. had to make you kind of think whether or not he was crazy or if he was actually seeing it because did did he did he have uh because he saw it on the television a few hours ago or a few minutes ago was was his mind then sort of interpreting the world through that filter you know and i think it made me like guess uh the state of frank you know it's like is he really crazy or is he not crazy and i think that was a great scene to put the tentacles in well then the other question too is it doesn't come up too much through the film when we're first introduced to him what if it was a different superhero versus the holy avenger uh it, would that still maybe have inspired him? And it's just the fact that it was the Holy Avengers show he turned on that inspired him more. <laughs> David, would would you say he would have got inspired regardless, possibly because he's uh, it was on the verge of breaking to begin with. So you I know. think if you if you put like uh, uh, a polar opposite character of the Avenger, like someone like a devilish type thing. He might have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, 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 uh, when you think about the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other, you know, concept. if it were more of like a devilish type character, I could see that going on, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could. Where, where all of a sudden, like, like it's the it's the unholy Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. So. Glenn, do you think that he would have been inspired anyway if he came, depending on a different uh, show, like, say, the unholy Avenger? Or do you think uh, re religion was uh, still kind of as central to his character? I think it was fairly central to his character. I mean, you could have, I mean, you could have done something else. I don't know what that would have been. Mm. But there could have been something else, but religion works really well for it. Right. And Paul, how about you? Do you think that that worked well? Do you think our character, Frank, would have been inspired by something else? Or oh, oh hell yeah. I think if he would have been watching Iron Chef, he would have he would have been having a, a showdown with Jacques to win his win his life, you know, win his <laughs> wife back with food, you know? It, it, because that's that's the type of character that that frank darbo is that that he would have taken anything and just because he wanted to win his wife back you know it, i i just it would have been great it would have been great <laughs> well he was a chef and he made pretty good eggs according yes, to john <laughs> who, who ends up showing up at his house uh this is the guy who takes away his girl uh and jack is played by kevin bacon and i Oh, Kevin Bacon as Jacques, I tell you. Which was he, he was last minute too. Was he last minute? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you know who you know who he originally cast? Who? JCVD. No way. Jean-Claude Van Damme was supposed to play Jacques. Oh wow. Hence the name was fitting. That's why I always thought I thought it was kind of funny. Kevin Bacon's name is Jacques. But yeah. Well, what what'd you think of Kevin Bacon's character in this and, and, and his performance, Glenn? It was fun, wasn't it? Oh, it was very fun. And, and I think you can tell that he's having fun with the role as well. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because he usually gets kind of the clean-cut guy. You know, I always thought he did better in kind of his darker roles, and this is definitely a dark role for him. Yeah. But he's Like you said, he's charismatic, too, though. Yeah. And it, it, it works well. It's, it's, it just, it works well, especially for what you're trying to do with the character. I mean, obviously if he was just, if, you know, if, if you had, you know, uh, Steve Buscemi is this, I'm going to be like, really? <laughs> Liv Tyler left. I mean, yeah, Rain Wilson is not like amazing, but you left or what's it, what is it about? I mean, is it just money? Because yeah. it's more, I mean, that's gotta be what it primarily is. Right. It's it's just the drugs. It's the drugs that they keep giving her more and more of, um, <laughs> which makes you wonder if at first it was voluntary and then after that it wasn't. But uh, with her character too, uh, but Jack, you can tell definitely 
Kevin Bacon is having a blast with this. Uh, David, how'd you feel about Jock and Kevin Bacon's performance? I think that, uh, like uh, Glenn said, he was having fun with it. I mean, uh, the fact that uh, when um, Frank was uh, messing with his car and uh, they almost had like a high school, you know, showdown, you know, uh, uh, where not the kind of hitting on my car to that. Yeah. Don't so. touch my car again. And he puts his finger uh, on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because God's finger touched him, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so God's finger touched him, and his finger touched Jacques' car. And there you go. Uh, the circle of life. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, how about you with Jacques and Kevin Bacon? Did you think Jacques made a good villain uh, for opposite our Frank Darbo? The first time, no. Second time, yes. <laughs> Second time because it was like, oh, I realized his name is also a play on words because you could have taken it as a, a typical high school teen movie where you get the, the couple that's broken up. The, the one girl go, falls in love with the jock, <laughs> Jacques. And he goes off and tries to win her back. And then meanwhile, he ends up having this strange, weird relationship with another character that could be potentially a better, like, you know, frame of soul, soulmate type of thing. But that all falls apart. And then at the very end, it's like everybody, everybody goes off and either is, is dead and has a, their own different lives and stuff. So to me, that was a really enjoyable thing. And that's, that's why when it was, when I realized his name was Jacques and, and, and sort of uh, pushed it on to be Jacques, I, th I enjoyed it a lot more. Uh, and also, too, like you guys said, he is very charismatic. And because of that, I also looked at him as what if Frank was truly insane and this guy was a nice, actually a nice guy, and this was just Frank's filter kind of interpreting all, because he, for the most part, he was kind of a nice guy up to a certain point. Like the very end to me was the only time that I really saw a, a really bad thing about Jacques come out, you know, the Kevin Bacon character. So uh, I did enjoy it the second time. The first time he was like, eh, but what a bad, he's, he's a bad villain. He's, he's, not, he's not even worth it. But second time through, it was like, oh my God, what if he is the type of villain that is the, the superhero is crazy and this is the villain that that superhero deserves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he definitely uh, is a unique guy. And he, he, I thought he was a good uh, counter to Frank Darbo's crazy because Jacques has a little underlying crazy, but at the same time, there's a little bit of softness to him. Too. It was really unusual character for him because uh, with... Uh, Sarah, Liv Tyler's character, we get that near the end where the big drug lord guy may take her. And you just get a moment with Jacques where he you can almost tell he almost has a feeling for her. <laughs> like, <laughs> he does, but he's like, yeah, the business is more important. You know what? It's time to move on because he had his hanger-ons, which are James Gunn regulars, Sean Gunn, <laughs> uh, Michael Rooker, uh, who who we've seen later on in um, we would see later on in films just like Nathan Fillion because he put all his buddies in his films because uh, that's what James Gunn does and uh, I liked his hanger-ons as well they don't get a whole lot of time but Michael Rooker gets gets a bit of a scene gets gets a vicious murder too <laughs> holy crap uh, Speaking of murders, Frank Darbo, uh, his uh, his Crimson Bolt, he's not the kind of let's wrap them up and give them to the police in their spider web. He's a destroy guy. Would you would you think of the Crimson Bolt, David, uh, as a character as a superhero? I mean, this guy, he's like the Punisher in tights. It's, it's like he had a falling down episode, you know? Mm -hmm. it, 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 I, I mean, it, he just cracked when he put on the suit. And, uh, I mean, but he he learned that he had to have a weapon. And he was uh, going and looking at all these different, uh, you know, 
uh, comic books or whatnot, he he realized that he had, he he wanted weapons that weren't guns or what or whatnot at first, you know. But um, you know, he he wanted to be unique too. Right. Yeah. He, Just he, ended up having the uh, the TNT in the end, and the and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Acme T- TNT um, uh, f- uh, for the mo- uh, most part of course he did have a gun eventually mm-hmm. but um, for the most part he went, uh, went relatively uh, um, old school superhero uh, um, kind of uh, without you know gadgets right yeah it was, ju- it was just him um, um, well, and just a new command of it for a little bit, anyway. <laughs> yeah, for a little bit. That, for a that, little that's bit. The, that's the, that's the thing. cartwheels for only a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn, what you what you think of the Crimson Bolt though as a character, as a superhero? Uh, you know, I mean, he's he's awkward. He's a little stumbling, but he's also got a bit of Punisher in him, doesn't he? Yeah, because <laughs> he's insane like the Punisher. Uh huh. He's broken. Broken makes a good hero. Broken usually does make a good hero. And it makes you... So the question is, since he is broken, he has this, then he, he starts to question what he's doing. And he then is enforced by his hanger-on, Ellen Page, playing Libby, who is who is crazy in her own right. Isn't she, Glenn? Oh, my... She's freaking batshit. <laughs> <laughs> It, do you do you think that she uh, actually hurt more than helped Frank? Um, I mean, from a mental standpoint, yes. Because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, she, uh, for lack of a better term, she enabled him. Right. Because so I mean, yeah. Because after he meets her, and yeah, he, the, I mean, the bad guys amp up. You know, he realizes, you know, he went to go. To the compound the first time and gets shot but he starts to question why he's actually doing it and i think because of her is why he amps it up to actually doing weapons because like you said she's being an enabler paul how about you with libby and uh the crimson bolt do you think that she kind of pushed him <laughs> further than he may have gone on his own i'm sure that was the case but i i actually admire her for that I enjoy people that have passion in their work, and she truly had passion. Uh, she loved being a superhero kid sidekick. So you know, my 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 heart goes out to her. You know, love love you, Bolty. Love you, Bolty. Bolty loved more than just being a superhero. David, how about you with uh, Libby, a.k.a. Bolty? You think she kind of enabled Frank to go further than he probably would have on his own? I think she definitely uh, uh, enabled him to to an extent. Uh, I mean, he was having somewhat of an issue um, Finding the uh, finding a way to uh, to get to Jock, right? Uh, you know, uh, I mean, he obviously after that first run uh, run in, I mean, of course, uh, they they did have an odd you know relationship. <laughs> um, <laughs> at least, I mean, uh, I don't know whether you could call it a fling sidekick, but uh, fling she um, attack, she attacks him and basically yeah. Basically rapes him on the couch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? I mean, look at that. I mean, you have to, you have to think that is, is that kind of what was egging him on to begin with? I don't know. But um, I think her death inspired him to go more yeah. comic costume. Yeah, and that, and that big showdown where he gave her Wolverine claws. Um, which were, were badass, actually. <laughs> yeah, those claws were badass. Yeah, that final scene because, of course, it's a superhero film. You finally get this final showdown where he comes back after getting shot. He's got his help of his sidekick for a limited time, 
Uh, he's amped up his weaponry and his palms. Paul, what'd you think of this final showdown at the compound? Uh, it was the logical progression of his, uh, his, uh, state i mean he he kept ramping it up ramping it up ramping it up so it made sense that he ratcheted up to higher weapons and it made sense that people got hurt i mean uh, throughout the entire movie i think they uh that you know mr gunn wanted everybody to realize that being superhero esque isn't always going to be the the comic book thing that i love but it, it you know if you try to bring it into the real world this is why you can't have it in the real world because people get hurt and that's why you got people that got hurt and very visually getting hurt. Oh my goodness. But you enjoy it because it's, it's, it's that, it's that you get that combat, you get that comic book fight scene, the action scene that you would expect in an action film and uh, in a comic, you know, superhero film. Uh, but then you got to see the flip side of it because it's like, Oh, well the bombs don't just, you know, throw the people, you know, away, it actually blows them to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> many, many pieces. And yeah, the death of Libby, as, as David listed, because yes, this is a spoiler room, folks. She just doesn't die. She gets half her face blown <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> that surprised the hell out of me. Glenn, how'd you feel about this this final showdown here? Uh, did it Did it seem like he, on purpose, took it up to more of a comic battlefield but he still at, had the brutality in there but it really seemed a little bit different in tone versus what we had seen up to then from our uh, crimson bolt didn't it oh yeah it definitely it definitely really goes up an extra notch uh, at this point um and i, I like that and that it's you know that's the thing is that most superhero films the consequences are you know it's like you might get beat up right. and in this one it's like you know, it's the number of things where, where I see both villains and superheroes in your typical comic book type stuff. It's like, dude, can't a SWAT sniper just take him out? <laughs> like, I mean, like the Joker. He's just a yeah. crazy dude. Yet, I mean, he's not bulletproof. Why can't a cop just shoot his ass? <laughs> and, you know, even Batman, it's like, okay, he's got his, you know, his armored suit or whatever. It's like, dude, it's like Deadshot who like never misses. Puts a bullet on his nose. That's it. Batman's dead. There's no armor there. In the nose, hits the hits the back of the skull where that armor is. Bounces around and scrambles his brain. No more Batman. Or through the eye. So it, yeah. yeah, or the eye. Either one. You know, yeah. it's 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 uh, it's good to see that there are are you know that there's actual uh, repercussions for doing things. You know, I mean, you're taking on freaking drug dealers when you're just you know. Uh, some dude and some girl who are not super powered. You don't have superpowers. You're just people. Right. Bad things happen to people. The only edge they have is the fact that they're crazier than those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's their superpower is insanity at that point. Um, it, 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 you know, is the fact that they're just doing shit that these guys don't expect because normal people don't do that sort of thing like have claws on their hand. You know, David, how about you at the final battle here? Did you think it, it, they kind of ramped it up to more of a comic book level versus the rest of the film? I think they, uh, I think they definitely notched it up a bit. Um, and I mean, yeah, you did, it didn't have the bang pow, you know, comic book, you know, extravaganza uh, where it was just and you saw a little comic book bu bubble saying, and this is what happens next, you know. Right. But uh, <laughs> um, I think I, I think the weapons were 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 ammoed up the the intensity of it. <laughs> the, the pipe bombs. <laughs> <laughs> those were fantastic, actually. Those, those were, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we've kind of run through this film, this hyper-extreme, mature superhero film. So I want to go down the line now and see if anybody here has any uh, topic they want to talk about uh, that we may not have touched on. David, how about you go first? You got anything uh, that you maybe wanted to ask that we didn't talk about yet? Oh, that, if, um, if not, that's okay. I just I was 
trying to think of something throughout the whole thing. No, I, I guess I don't. I'll, I'll think about it for, uh, for a moment. Let the others. Uh... Glenn, do you have anything? My thought is, um, so like you have uh, Ellen Page's Libby character. Mm -hmm. And uh, you don't often see, especially in, in superhero stuff, a normally if there's a girl sidekick, it's to a female hero. Mm. And normally a male hero has a has a has a male sidekick. Do you think they did that intentionally? Uh, the original Robin was supposed to be a girl and they ended up going with a boy because they felt right. it would be too too weird having this <laughs> adult man with with this young girl. Well, especially since there was already a bad girl. Right. Yeah, but they've yeah. they've <laughs> had they've had female Robins though too. You know, later yeah. on, yeah. Later but when on, they started they did, out, yes. yeah. When they started out, they did not. So, yeah. Um. So, what was the? Uh, so, you so wanted me to? He, he, yeah. So, Glenn was asking, "Do you think it was intentional? They made his sidekick female rather than male?" I think. I think so because I think it was able to show uh, the audience that you didn't need the stereotypes to to have an interesting uh, comic book story. I guess. Uh, again, the first time was different for me. The second time I got to enjoy it more and I got to see that the, the little nuance of, of this, of the interaction between them, the, I think the, the idea of having, uh, the sidekick, uh, you know, for the, for better word for it, rape the, the mentor, it was an, uh, was a weird and powerful scene because you, you have to think about it in terms of. You know, in the comic book world, it's usually always the mentor always doing, you know, telling the sidekick what to do. And in this type of thing, it was just like uh, the sidekick was living out her her basically hero fantasy to the to the extreme of of wanting to love the mentor and of attacking him and making him feel weak, like he was the sidekick, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was just a, a very weird type of uh, it was just a hugely powerful scene and i think yes it was important that they had uh, a, an actress of of uh, helen page's um caliber doing the scene and just also having her kind of uh play with the stereotype the the expectation that most people the fanboys would have they just said nope i'm going i'm going to take what you believe and and prove to you that it doesn't have to be and and they made a really enjoyable scene out of it. Well, the scene itself wasn't enjoyable. It was no, yeah. I, I, but, I, we know what you mean. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no, we we got you, Paul. We got right. you. No, uh, Paul. Paul is saying what happened in the scene was was enjoyable. Yes, it was it was awkward as as fuck. But the meaning, the meaning behind, yeah, the meaning behind it was powerful and right. The yeah. the message behind it, but it was still really freaking awkward. Uh, <laughs> David, how about you? Do you think it was uh, intentional that they made her uh, made the sidekick a female? To be honest, I actually don't remember that many female con uh, 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 female sidekicks with a male. To uh, to be precise, uh, I mean, I know that it hasn't really been you know right uh, to have in a superhero film. Um, I don't think there has been a no. Well, I mean, outside of some of the female Robins for a short amount of time, but for your regular long-running sidekick, yeah, I don't think so either. So do you think this was uh, kind of intentional, James Gunn turning that on its head, so to speak? And because uh, I think that might have been the, uh, the age where they were starting to have more, what is it, female roles mm -hmm. for uh, for women in superhero films. Right. So I think that was a definitely game, a definite game changer mm -hmm. for this film because I don't I don't think I don't think it was done before, not to that extent, not in a superhero so, film to be sure. Outside of I mean, the Batman F Forever and Batman and Robin films, um. Where even then she wasn't really the regular sidekick. She, a bad girl was on the side, but yeah, it was something interesting to see in a superhero film like this. I mean, we had it in Kick-Ass, which is interesting how these two movies parallel. To, to me, Batgirl in the Batman series 
series was more of a sidekick to Robin than uh, than it was to Batman. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, to, true. Uh, to, uh, to me, so that, uh, she was more of a sidekick to a sidekick, which yeah, wasn't done before either. But and if you look <laughs> at, if you look at Kick Ass, which came out at the same time. Uh, like I said, it's interesting how these two parallel each other, but at the same time, they're different films because, you know, you had Hit Girl, who was, you almost felt in that film, she wasn't the sidekick so much as just another superhero, whereas in this one, Libby is definitely trying to be the sidekick because of a hero fantasy. Well, she um, she was an, an, an amped up, fangirl of comic books but yeah. then i think she became a amped up fangirl or groupie mm -hmm. so to speak of the crimson bolt but then when she suddenly realized it was the crimson bolt that was when her obsession with him took over <laughs> um and she wanted <laughs> right so uh another theme of addiction as paul alluded to earlier exactly so. <laughs> uh excellent question i think yeah is fully intentional uh definitely glenn and yeah was him exploring it uh and, and i don't think he was exploring it to show well this is why you can't i think it was just turning it especially for superhero films um especially when this came out uh just just presenting something a different situation like because one of the things that I, I felt that was different between this one and Super and, and like Kick-Ass, and, and I know I keep coming back to it, but very similar, is that this one really felt more grounded in reality than, than Kick-Ass was in many ways. And so, you know, even when she's trying to be seductive Libby, it was awkward because <laughs> she obviously doesn't, <laughs> do that that often you know you know act like that you could tell she was she was trying to play this role uh you know instead of just being her and it was an interesting exploration to see that between these two um so yeah that, that's that's a really good question glenn what, what do you think do you think it was intentional as well um yeah i think so mm -hmm. and, um <laughs> it, i mean it, it's well i mean it's I, I think the, just with the way they did everything, yeah, it had to have been an intentional choice. Mm -hmm. it, uh, I think if you change it, it, it drastically changes the story. It changes the, changes his character. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Especially if it's, a, it's a, just a male sidekick, it definitely changes the character. Um, and I would have to say it would, uh, would, if they would have put a male character in there, he would have had to be more funny to be than he was. Right. <laughs> right. This way, Frank, Frank can be the funny, the funniest guy there in front of the camera. So, <laughs> Paul, how about you? Did you have a question or topic? I did. I wanted to know what your takeaway was from the film. Oh. Like the the overall like message yeah, you're meaning or what, yeah what message did you get from the film because uh, obviously when I watched it the two different times I got two different uh, takeaways sure. and so yeah I would I would be very interested to see if you guys had something similar to what I did or something totally different I would love if if it was something totally different because it'd be cool <laughs> <laughs> David what what was your takeaway from this film my takeaway from this film. Yeah, like the overall uh, message. That, what, what was your takeaway from Super? Uh, the fact that there, uh, there, uh, there uh, that sometimes that there are no happy endings. Um, um, that you can that you can do anything in the name of religion. <laughs> um. And I guess um, I guess my overall t uh, take on it w uh, was that basically anyone could uh, could probably be a superhero. Mm -hmm. cool. yeah, uh, I mean, it's you, you don't always just take that uh, take that one day and decide. I see all this bad in the world. 
world, you know, and t- t- take up the rain. It, rain- it rains and, t- and think up a, a, a crazy name for a superhero for yourself, and then go out and just, just bash everyone, you know. <laughs> um, hey, someone stands up to be that insane man. <laughs> Someday that may be you, David. Except I probably will not make headlines. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be more stealthy, like a ninja. <laughs> Ninja Dave. There we go. <laughs> Glenn, how about you? What was your takeaway from a super? Uh, that to be a hero, you got to be somewhat crazy or <laughs> yeah. a lot crazy. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can definitely see that. You, you have to have something wrong with you to be a hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, to be a successful hero, I think. <laughs> because Yes. Because crazy people, you know, they're committed. <laughs> no pun intended, but um, <laughs> Paul, what was your takeaway from it after you saw it the second time? The second time, uh, I totally missed this the first time. Uh, when, he, uh, but the second time, I caught the the ending where he's he's mentioning that this story is really about really about Sarah, and that the the. So when I looked at the film from that point of view, it was like, oh, wait, what if this was kind of a redemption story for her? This wasn't a superhero origin story. This was about a woman who had problems in her life and that her mind uh, was basically split into different parts. And you had Frank kind of representing one part of it, fighting with Jacques, which represented another part of it. And then you had all these little sub things of all the characters that were else in there. But those two major things were conflicting each other. And only only when Frank was able to defeat Jacques was she able to take her life, turn it around, and then become the woman that she's supposed to be. I missed that totally for the first <laughs> time. And the, the second time, that was my takeaway. And it was like, oh my goodness, this is a really interesting, thought-provoking story. And it, 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 gives, it gives me that kind of a happy, happy f- feeling that, yeah, we all struggle with making these types of decisions throughout our lives. And, and sometimes we do need to, you know, we, 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 we look to God, we look to comic books, we look to, you know, people, different people to try to bring our lives, give it some meaning, and, and then... Only when we finally do take the step where one side beats out the other, do you finally make the life that you want. You know, she she ends up with kids of her own, you know, and and in the very end, it was kind of like, okay, Frank is looking on all these memories that he's kind of, you know, uh, had. And I was looking at it as well. These are kind of like her memories, too. You know, it was just it was just kind of a happy feeling for me. It's like That's my takeaway. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's similar takeaway. Though while we were talking tonight, I had this not idea, and it's probably completely off <laughs> and out there. But I just want to put this out there, and you guys can respond or not. Um, I'll ask your opinions on. But what if this whole movie is actually mostly inside Frank's head? And it's his superheroing up what actually is about his failed marriage where he actually has caught his addictive wife with a boyfriend. And it's just a story about him winning her back. And all the superhero stuff was actually in his brain. <laughs> and so in the end, this actually takes... Um, mundane story, well not mundane, but just a story, your average story of a couple having problems, they both finding someone else and possibly cheating on the other, hence her with Jacques and him with Libby, and them coming back together, and then they realize that, you know what, this isn't working out and we need to move on with our lives, but none of the superhero stuff actually happens, it's all in his brain to cope with the things he's dealing with. Paul, what do you think? Very good possibility, yes. <laughs> I just, it was something I was thinking about more and more as you guys were talking about it. Glenn, what do you, what do you think? You think you, you could look at it as he's made up a lot of this stuff in his head and, you know, to make this what would be kind of just your average 
couple breaking up, coming back together, and finally realizing they didn't have anything anymore, uh, and, and, and a lot of the superhero stuff was made up, or do you think it really happened? Yes. <laughs> I, I think it's open to interpretation, but I, sure. I, I think it really happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dave, how about you? Do you think it really happened, or do you think this was... Uh, just a vision into Frank's head of how he's putting it together to deal with the the harshness of life. I think it's definitely a good theory. Mm -hmm. um, um, it could have actually happened the way right. that it said, maybe not to the extremes, <laughs> and as brutally as it did, but um, that it's. I think that a lot of the things that happened in it were very real, very possible. I mean, you can go to a gun range. Right. You can pretty much pick up a gun, uh, a gun by yourself if you didn't, uh, didn't have a disability. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, a visible one anyway. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> uh, but uh, um, there were a lot of things that, uh, that this, uh, this superhero just kind of did uh, with things just lying around the house, you know? And so it's it's entirely possible that someone could do the same damn thing. Yeah, it, it does. It, this one's definitely out of out of a number of the superhero films we have seen in the past, at least wide release and such. This one really felt a, a kind of a grounded in reality superhero film um, where you're like, well, outside of him getting away with mass murder, um, uh, outside of that part. Uh, you could see this happening and had a very realistic tone to it. So and there you have it, folks. We're going to wrap it up for tonight for Super. I uh, hope this gave you some food for thought. And if you haven't sought it out yet, uh, yeah, I I will go down the aisle real quick and get uh, where you can find everyone. But I would I would recommend it. It surprised me, and I kicked myself for not watching it sooner because it's it is a blast. But it's very mature. <laughs> it's only for those who don't mind uh, faces and body parts everywhere um, getting blown up <laughs> and such. <laughs> so so I think we'll wrap it up tonight. We'll uh, go down the aisle real quick, and people will let you know where you can find them when they are not babbling to me here on the spoiler room. Glenn, go ahead. Where can they find you at, sir? You can find me on Facebook with the B-Movie Bunker, uh, Guy in the Bunker Productions. You can also find me on YouTube, same thing, B-Movie Bunker, Guy in the Bunker Productions. Find me on GuyInTheBunker.com. Find me on my gaming podcast, The Adventure Party, on GNCast.com, or just follow me on Twitter at Guy in the Bunker. He is everywhere. Look for the BFD. Great stuff there. And, David, how about you? Where can they find you at? Well, uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook, uh, Movies Galore Milwaukee, uh, uh, two different things, a group and a blog. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter uh, uh, under the same name. Um, and uh, uh, I guess I'm running a podcast uh, uh, called Inside Movies Galore. Where, uh, you can find us on Facebook um, and uh, on YouTube um, where I stream onto there as well so um definitely uh seek me out if you want uh awesome there we go <laughs> fun podcast just definitely check it out and paul uh, where can we find you at sir uh you can go to forsakenfilmreviews.com for my latest film reviews you can also check out my podcast on uh film jerks uh, as well and uh if you want to find out more about the northeast wisconsin horror film festival uh, you can go to newhorrorfest.com. We take new film submissions starting January 6th. Awesome. So indie filmmakers out there, especially those from the great Cheesehead State of Wisconsin, please keep an eye peeled for that. I want to thank you all for listening into our episode today. We appreciate it very much. Please uh, subscribe, comment, and like us. Uh, well, you know the drill. So uh, <laughs> we're just going to say good night, everyone. Uh, let's just say, uh, was it shut up, evil? Is shut up, it? evil. Shut up, crime. Shut up, crime, 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 yes. Crime. Shut up, pedophiles. And other <laughs> bad doers everywhere. <laughs> Shut up while we have been through. <laughs> Shut up, podcasters.
Hey, all my spoiler room friends out there, if you like what you hear, why not head on over to iTunes and like, comment, and even subscribe to our channel. It always helps us out. Or you can find us on Stitcher Radio as well. You can drop us a tweet on the Twitter at Spoiler Room PDCS or Special Mark Pro. Look for us also on Facebook at the Spoiler Room Podcast or in the Special Mark Productions Facebook group. Let us know what movies or topics you'd like to be discussed in the Spoiler Room where the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies. 